and welcome to the Raw podcast. I'm your host, Joe Nicholson, and once again joined by my colleague at the Sunderland Echo, James Copley. Uh, Sunderland are preparing for their Carabao Cup game against Sheffield Wednesday, returning to Hillsborough. And we're going to get a some insight from the Sheffield Wednesday end. We've got the stars, Joe Cran and Alex Miller, joining us. And guys, uh, I remember saying at the end of last season, um, after Sunderland won that game, uh, or drew the game at Hillsborough, won the tie overall. Uh, we hope we don't see you next season, um, unless it's a cup game, of course. And here we are in the first round of the Carabao Cup. So uh, what happened last season? I'm not. I don't know what happened last season. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked. Um, I just asked Alex how League One was there, Joe. He said, "Don't you dare!" So I presume I'd get that a is a horrible to question to ask. <laughs> Just stings. Just stings. There's absolutely no need. We're guests here. We're made to feel yeah. very unwelcome. <laughs> we had it for four years. Respect. We had it for four years, though. So I feel like I've got to pass on the, the, <laughs> the abuse button. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Four points out of six. I thought it was uh, it was going pretty well by the looks of it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it seems to be uh, ticking on quite nicely. I was I was just saying before. That, don't know what Joe thinks. I, I don't think that Wednesday have played, I don't think either of the performances you take away and say, you know, they've been particularly brilliant. Um, they've had little patches, you know, the first half of both games, really, that have been, you know, the, be the better of the uh, the performances. But, uh, yeah, four points and against two teams that probably, you know, some of the fans listening to this will will be well aware that, that Portsmouth and, and MK Dons are two of the teams that would fancy themselves to be up there towards the end of the season. So, um, yeah, if you'd offered that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think most most sensible-minded Wednesday fans probably would have taken it. What is the the feeling like then going into this Carabao Cup game? I mean, we expect Sunderland to probably make quite a lot of changes. Would Wednesday be the same? Are you expecting a lot of if, a lot if, of kind of rotation? If Darren made eleven changes, it would come as no shock to me whatsoever. Yeah, um, like uh, it's it's a weird one with the Carabao Cup, isn't it? Because it's um it's not it's not the Papa John's. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not that sort of on that level but it is a tournament where a cup run would be quite nice but it's it's sort of quite far to the back of people's minds is something they want to do well in um you're not really going to win it are you so you've got a you've got to sort of do what you can to to make sure you push on in it without sacrificing other stuff and i think that that's very much the, the sense that that darren's taken with this and i'm sure from the, the stuff i've read from alex neil it's a similar situation for your boys as well I think so, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, James, to see 10, 11, maybe 11 changes from the side. Yeah, we mentioned uh, on the last podcast we did, we'll probably see Alexi, the, the new centre-back, probably see Alex Bass. Uh, interesting though, Joel Nicholson, Jack Diamond's been linked with a move away on loan um, or possibly even a permanent, actually. So that's one we didn't touch on the other day. If, if he's left out the squad, then that could suggest that he's... Possibly on his way. You got players like Winchester, Roberts, all need minutes. So it's a it's an interesting fixture, and obviously the the memory of of Sunderland um, Sunderland down there. The last time we played at Hillsborough, I don't think it'll be a game a game of that nature. And I think, yeah, it'll obviously be competitive, but I think quality levels. I think it'll be it'll be slightly different if you know what Joe's saying about changes as well comes comes to fruition I on think, the Sheffield Wednesday. I think Wednesday. there's probably a chance we have a smaller crowd as well. That's just a guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not as many Southern fans, not as many Wednesday fans. <laughs> what's um a question for either of you really, but what's a perception of, of Darren Moore amongst Sheffield Wednesday fans at the moment? Obviously gotten to, to go out in the playoff semis, but 
is he is he still sort of well liked? That's the impression I get amongst Wednesday fans. Obviously, that helps with with four points from two open and tricky games. But he, he seems to be well liked from what I can gather. Do you want to take this, Alex? Or shall I go? Oh, it's, it's a little bit of a thorny one, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh dear. Yeah. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, well, it, I think that the Wednesday support seems to be a little bit split. And obviously, you know, again, it, it, I think Sunderland and Wednesday are quite, quite similar in where they've been in, in recent years, in that the expectation is so massive. And, and I think any manager has to come in and, and really hit the, the ground running. And obviously, you know, Darren Moore technically was the manager that that took Wednesday down. Um, a, a lot of that, you know, a couple of months before the season finished in in the championship. You know, he was he was in a hospital bed. So you know, the, the, I, I think the the link there is is unfair, but technically that is the case. Um, and last season, I think a lot of Wednesday fans were expecting to sort of romp the league and. And certainly have uh, have a longer flirtation with the automatic promotion paces than than certainly they did. And the fact you know in six games, <laughs> yeah, I mean the first six games they I think they didn't what concede for the first four. They were top <laughs> of the league for most of August, and and players were were queuing up to tell us that you know they're, they're there to win the title and club like Sheffield Wednesday should this that and the other and uh, and it, it really ramped up expectations. And then you know there was there were two separate injury crisis and all the rest of it and and but the second half of the season for for Wednesday was very very strong you know you guys will have been aware of that that Wednesday were probably the form side along with MK Dons in in that second half of the season so um I, th- I think there's certainly an appreciation for some green shoots you know of, of turning the club around you know it was a bit of a hot mess behind the scenes and and Darren <laughs> Uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah. There's a headline for you. Yeah, just uh, yeah, corridors on yeah on fire and stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, and and yeah, it seems to be that things are being turned around, and and there is an appreciation for that. But there is always that that expectation and um, conceding three. The the opening day of the season was a three-three draw against Portsmouth. There was a lot of focus on the fact that they conceded three, and and rightly so. I don't think I saw anyone on Twitter mention the fact that they scored three on the opening day and and looked pretty fluent going forward. So that, that's I think that's the the cards that any Sheffield Wednesday manager, particularly in the third tier, is is going to be dealt. I think Darren's got an appreciation for that, but in terms of um, yeah, an overwhelming unanimous outpouring of of love for for Darren Moore, I think that would be uh, overcooking it a bit just to describe it as that. I mean, the, the thing is, this season as well is that. Because of the way how strong last season finished, and in the, the the main people have been really impressed with the work that Wednesday have done over the summer in terms of recruitment. So now it is very much at a point where people are going top to a bust. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the, the Wednesday fan base is very expectant now. They were expectant last year and possibly a little bit more expectant than they maybe should have been, considering the situation. You know, there's embargoes, there was restrictions, all that kind of stuff that Wednesday were limited to and Darren was limited to. Whereas this season, that is not the case anymore. You know, Wednesday are in a very strong sort of position. They've signed well, you know, bringing guys like Michael Yekwe and, and Michael Smith in from the, the league above. You know, Will Volts coming down to League One. There's a lot of players in this Wednesday side that people are looking at and going, right, no excuses now. Um, obviously, injuries permitting, all that kind of stuff. They, these These things do make a difference. But I do think that this season, the expectation is very, very different to last season where... <laughs> 
for the most part, people saw top sixes going, you know, that'll that'll do us. We'll take top six. That's not gonna fly with a lot of people this this season. It sounds eerily really similar to to Jack Ross and Sunderland during their first and second seasons in League One. Obviously, Jack Ross came in. League One was a bit of a novelty. There was a lot of goodwill. Sunderland did extremely well for large parts of that campaign. It didn't finish too strongly in the end, to be honest. Sort of sort of slept walked into the playoffs, managed to get past Portsmouth, but couldn't do it at Wembley. Um, and then all of a sudden in the second season, the pressure's really on then because fans' patience starts to to wane a little bit. I, I will say it wasn't really helped by Sutherland's ownership at the time, setting them a 100 points total target. Um, so that that probably didn't do them any favours. But there are some similar some similarities and some differences as well, you'd say, Joe Nicholson. Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely, yeah, the 100 points total was very, very optimistic, wasn't it? And after that that kind of emotional play I, th- I think campaign. We, I, think we, um, I think we reached that 100 points total halfway through the next campaign, so... Really, yeah. <laughs> With the COVID season as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think just the emotional letdown, wasn't it, from the losing at Wembley and then coming into the second season of another season in League One, it was it was quite draining. But uh, you mentioned some of the, the new signs at Wednesday, the likes of Smith, Hickway. Um, are they expected to play tomorrow? You said you quite a lot of changes, and who are kind of the players we think we're going to play tomorrow? Nah, he's <laughs> a short <laughs> answer. Um, no, so Smith Smith's been dealing with a bit of a, a bit of a knock. Uh, we haven't right. said how long he's going to be out, but even if he was fit, you know, on the brink of fitness, they wouldn't be using him for this game. I'm almost certain yeah. of it. Equay's played uh, one of the few who's played both sort of full 90 minutes in the last two games, so I'm sure he'll be left out. Volks is a possibility, I suppose, but I'd still be quite surprised if he, he played. Um, I, do you think any of the new signs will play, thinking about it, Alex? I'm, I'm just sort of going through them now. Obviously, for yeah. me, we're picked up an injury. We're waiting to hear how bad that is. Um, I think Reese James, probably. Will, um, you know, ex- yeah, James will probably player. start. Yeah. Um, so, I imagine he'll start because he's not, he's not featured yet. Um, he's in sort of a battle with with Marvin Johnson, who's another player that was was obviously up up in your neck of the woods uh, for a, a starting berth on the on the left hand side. So I th- I'd say he's probably a bit of a shoe. I'm, t- I'm trying to think who the other new signings were now. Um, <laughs> there, there were eight of them. Ta- Tariq Bakinson probably starting yeah, in the middle of midfield. So yeah, th- there's a few knocking about, and and I think that's what brings a little bit of the intrigue. You know, on the Wednesday side, you know, there's still. Uh, some of the new faces that, that Wednesday fans haven't seen too much of. Um, and yeah, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing Reese James, um, who looked really, really bright in, in pre-season. One of the, the better players. And like I said, there's a, a real ding-dong battle between him and, and Marvin Johnson on the left. So it, he'll be looking to take this opportunity. Um, but yeah, elsewhere, I mean, the under-21s, the under as they're now called, they played on, on Monday and, and quite a few of the player, you know, sort of the, the better under twenty ones players um, featured in that. So, how, how many of them we're going to see? You know, Wednesday we've got a big squad now, so I don't think it's going to be a case of throwing loads and loads of kids in either. I think you know, know it's going to be the guys. The, the thing is with this side now, like you say, it's because they've got such a big squad. There are enough first teamers to make up an eleven without really delving into the the twenty ones. Yeah, I think obviously. Big chance for Dennis Denneran, for instance. You know, Dennis has not really had much of a look in the season yet in the first two games. Uh, I'm almost certain if he's available, then, you know, Dennis will be starting. Big chance for Cam Dawson as well, who I'm, I'm sure will be starting in goal for Wednesday. So, yeah, I expect a, a lot of changes. But, look, I just brought up the list now to check we weren't missing anybody. And I think, yeah, I, 
I think it would only be back in St James. Um, unless he unless he keeps Enigan in there just for a little bit of continuity, for instance, I, I, yeah, can't see any of the other boys really really playing. Has Rhys James a, played? Um, oh, go on, go on, Joe. I was just going to ask: Is it is it still going to be a back three and wing backs? Uh, we saw that Wednesday play that last season. Almost well, certainly. Played, think, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the the reason I ask is because Alex Neil often matches up the opposition. He didn't. I mean, he didn't in the two playoff games last year, but he's matched up Bristol City and Coventry with the wing-back system, and that's where James, I think, could it be trickier to get maybe a Jacku or a Diamond like wingers into the team if you're playing with a back three? Yeah, it'd be interesting because we, we know Alex Neal likes to 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 match up the opposition typically in the championship, but again, like we say every podcast, he's a really difficult, a really difficult man to read. I, I remember in that playoff semi when Sheffield Wednesday equalised, and I think myself and everybody, every Sunderland fan on Twitter was calling for him to change the game and he refused and it paid dividends. I think everyone was actually calling for Roberts to come off and he didn't and he, he touched upon that in his post-match um, interview at the time. Um, he, he's definitely a shrewd reader of the game so I, I've sort of given up trying to second-guess him now but I don't know. It depends on the personnel he wants to go with as well, I, I suppose. Because um, you wouldn't, as you, as you mentioned, you wouldn't really want diamond as a as a left wing back if he does play i mean he's played off the striker during pre-season i know that was part out of necessity and yeah, can't read too much in the pre-season. i thought he could play jacko as a left wing back. he Clark could but we, we we don't know how fit jacko is do because we know he's missed a bit of a, a bit of training and and whatnot um so yeah that, that's an interesting one but we, we could we could see jacko well how has reese james done so far has he has he played for, for sheffield wednesday because he was a bit of a surprise when he left sunderland i think it was only after a season um, everyone thought he was he was a decent player, um, sort of in and out the side, but did fairly well. And that was one of the warning signs, really, about the previous ownership when Reese James was sort of moved on for a for a fee. It, it didn't really make too much sense. And then Sunderland went through left backs like Lawrence de Bock and Jake Vulkins and uh, a couple of others as well. Um, and you know, if it had kept Reese James at the club, I'm not saying we would have got promoted because. You know that's that's a foolish argument, but it, I don't think it would have it would have harmed Sunderland's chances as opposed to what the what the um, what they replaced him with over the over the time period. You've seen a fair bit of him, anyway, Alex. Yeah, I watched most of pre-season. Like I say, he came in sort of halfway through. He came in just before they went off to Portugal. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can take from from pre-season, obviously. But like you say, he's, he's a proven proven player at this level. I think. Um, and under Darren Moore, you know, he said so himself, he, he played some of his best football at, at Doncaster Rovers. You know, Moore had him playing further up the pitch. He had him playing in, in midfield as well. And I think his, maybe his last season with Moore, he, he scored nine goals or, or something like that from, from the left-hand side. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, if he can rekindle a bit of that. I think he is just a little bit behind. He had a couple of injuries last year. He's, he's obviously at Blackpool now. He's, he's on loan at Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, whether he's just playing a bit of catch-up there and that's why... Marvin Johnson, who's been good, you know, on the left hand side, and uh, what you know, he, he's been given the the go ahead in in the league. It, it's interesting, you know. I'll throw a curveball in. I, I wouldn't be absolutely bowled over if Wednesday played four at the back. Um, really, Darren Moore sort of said a few times, you know, that he wants to be tactically flexible, and and given that the, you know there could be so many changes, he might see it as a bit of an opportunity to. To give this, you know, give it a bit of a run out. I don't think they've done masses of it from from what we hear in 
in training, so perhaps it, it'll be a little bit too early. But um, yeah, he, he sort of did it for for ten minutes or so of the the second half at the Stadium of Light, and Sunderland ran all over them. So then <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "No, let's not do this anymore." Yeah, yeah, that was that was a bad choice. Um, so yeah, whether whether this is the game, as I say, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, what Alex Neal tends to do is he he, seem, he tends to play like Jack Clark was playing as a wing back, for example, in the last two games, and he can either, easily move to a winger. Sirkin can move across, so it's quite flexible between um, a back four and a back three. But we've we've touched on it before. Um, the two kind of games last season in in the playoffs, kind of, is there still a kind of hanging over Wednesday or is it you know how how's that kind of reflected on now those two games Joe Joe and Alex look like there's something still hanging over there maybe (laughs) (laughs) to be honest jokes aside like it really I mean I don't know what it's been like for from your side Alex with the people you've spoken to and that but it does very much feel like it's done and dusted now like people have kind of moved on from it Uh, you speak to the players and it's not that they don't want to talk about it. They just don't really see it as being relevant now. You know, it's, it is mm-hmm. it is in the past. It was done. It, they, they obviously all massively disappointed not to go up last season. But it's it's almost got to a point where it's just like, right, well, that happened. So on we get. And I, and I mean, from the fans that I've spoken to, I mean, I don't really hear anybody mention Sunderland anymore. You know, in, right. in the, those two games, we, it's not like, oh, you know what if we'd done that differently or done that differently it just feels very much like cool um we've got a season going on now so let's focus on what we've got going on here it's interesting because as a as a fan base not necessarily the the staff and the players but i felt as a fan base Sunderland when they lost that papa john's trophy game um in the final at wembley against portsmouth then to lose at charlton in like the last minute uh of the game having been gifted a goal anyway like well, just speaking from my own point of view, that lived rent free in my head for probably the next two years. So I think it's it's good if it's good if Wednesday can let it go. Because we'll see how we'll see how long it lasts if um, if we don't go up this season or next season or the season after. Then maybe we'll yeah. be talking about that Sunderland second leg. How's um, how's Barry Bannon getting on? I feel emotionally invested in the Barry Bannon story now because obviously <laughs> he he played with that he played with that little injury, and then as much as I was happy for Sunderland last season, I was gutted for Barry Bannon at the end of the game. Um, you know, he provided a pretty emotional interview, so I'm a, I'm part of the Bannon fan club now. I, don't, I think everyone is, don't they? Like, Sky Sports, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. And, and he was at, he was at the boxing the other day as well, which always helps. Yeah, yeah, no, he, lo- he loves his, but there's quite a few that, that like the box actually in the Wednesday lot. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's just very good at football, isn't he? That, that's more or less, and um. He's he's one of probably a handful, you know, as as all the bigger clubs in in League One have, uh, that that probably shouldn't be playing in in this division. Um, I, uh, he's, there's been a couple of moments in in just the first two games where you know there's been little through balls and Barry Bannon doing Barry Bannon things is what me and Joe tend to tweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Certainly on Saturday he played the highest of the. The three midfielders um, and sort of led led the press against MK Dons. He took a knock, uh, and he was he was taken off with with twenty minutes to go, which is seldom happens really. You know, it's happened a few times. Darren Moore's not completely averse to doing it, but um, yeah, it's always a bit of a an eye, eyebrow raising one when when, when, Barry when Bannon goes off. I'm always like, oh dear, 
don't yeah. know what's happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, it sounds very much like he's not wasn't too bad. He walked past us when we were doing the post match stuff and uh, seemed to be in decent spirits and and skipping along quite nicely. So um, he was on Saturday night, so I, I presume it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would be absolutely flabbergasted if he played tomorrow night. So you, you love a fair might have to wait a couple of seasons, James. Oh, that's fine. I can, I can catch up with the highlights. There'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at Wednesday's next fixes. It's Charlton at home, then Peterborough and Bolton both away. So I really can't see them uh, playing many of the key players with uh, yeah. three games like that. There's not there's it's not many not easy games in the league one, is there? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's really not many easy games in the league. When I was having a look at the league table again, that I don't actually fancy Sunderland against many of those teams. <laughs> in the one. It's um, it's a really strong division. Yeah, and the that run of of you know you sort of look at it, don't you? And you you break up when the when the fixtures drop, and that that run of five or six, if they can be in the top few, you know the top six, even you know the, there'll be the the usual grumbles that that Sheffield Wednesday should be. Top of League One, blah blah blah. But um, I think they'll have, they'll be pretty satisfied with it because you know it is it is really competitive. Every one of those teams, you know, Charlton have had their their issues, haven't they, mm-hmm. uh, off and on. But um, every one of those teams at start of the season fancying being in the in the top four or six or whatever. Um, so yeah, like I say, I'd, uh, you just you're not going to see many key players tomorrow night. I think there's me and Joe at centre half. Um, I'm taking my boots just in case. <laughs> Darren what started. Sort of what sort of crowd are we expecting to come? Are, are fans getting excited about the Carabao Cup, or is it not really? It will come as a great shock to you that probably not. Um, no. Nah, I, I think they might even do what they've done in the past, where the um, they only open up one one stand. I don't know what the right. sales have been like for the game, but what they sometimes do is they rather have everybody, you know, in in close. Close quarters in one stand than sort of dotted about all over the place. Um, yeah, I, I how, many, massive crowd. Um, how many reporters are you lads bringing? Because that'll uh, bump up the attendance a little bit. Uh, <laughs> just two. Just, just two. two. Uh, yeah. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't recall um, Sunderland having many big crowds in the Carabao Cup. To be fair, when they were in League One, I don't actually recall Sunderland playing many home games in the Carabao Cup in League One. To be honest. Last year they were all, they were all away, but it's it's, it's weird. Away, yeah. like the first round, like people, you know, the interest is low, and then Sunderland last year they actually got support yeah, final, um, had a, had a, quite a good night at QPR where they won on penalties, and then they got to that uh, quarter final against Arsenal, where I think this is just the reason why it is kind of hard to get up for it because Arsenal changed pretty much their entire team and still ran out five one winners. Um, it's just so hard to kind of go all the way, isn't it? I think the yeah, first probably, round it also kind of that. slips under the radar. So, sorry, James. I'm just saying that this is the first round. It's, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, is that happening? Like, yeah. I yeah. think because it, it's like you only played a couple of games in the league. And then it's just, oh, oh, there's a midweek game this week. Who are we playing in, in League One? And, and then people say, oh, no, this is a, this is a Carabao Cup anything. Yeah. I think I, I think one, I think yeah. our Carabao our Carabao Cup run as well just contributed us towards us being absolutely knackered and probably resulted in Lee Johnson losing his job as well. Eventually, along with a six nil defeat at Bolton, but the play the players were knackered by the time when where Broadhead picked up his injury, didn't he? Arsenal, yeah, Broadhead got injured there yeah, for like three months. Yeah, Hume, I think, got injured at QPR, so he had it didn't help. I'm pretty sure we went on a pretty bad run after that game as well, to be honest. I the, feel like we did QPR one, yeah, yeah, and that was just before when they 
when they lost at Hillsborough. There was the Rotherham and then oh, the five-one, uh, yeah, five-one uh, yeah. at Rotherham. No, that was it. Yeah, five-one at Rotherham. Bloody five-one at Rotherham. I lose track of the humpins we got last season. You know, it's crazy <laughs> talking about a team that got promoted, and you're all just like, "Yeah, that time we lost six-nil and five-one." Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, it's mad. Alex Neil came in um, after a six-nil loss to Bolton was followed by. What was it? I lost to Cheltenham and I lost to Doncaster Rovers when Sunderland were managerless. And then he lost one game at home to MK Dons and we're now currently 18 unbeaten and Alex Neil hasn't lost a competitive away game yet as Sunderland manager. I say yet because obviously <laughs> we're playing Wednesday at Hillsborough tomorrow so that could change. But he's on a pretty good run at the moment. Nah, he's a good manager, isn't he? Stra- strikes yeah. me as a good manager and knows what he's doing. I think they were, you know, outside of the Sunderland bubble, it was sort of eyebrows raised at the the Lee Johnson thing because I think you were third at the time, weren't you? But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, paid off, didn't it? Annoyingly, it, it was interesting though because although we were third at the time, we'd had the bad bad loss to to Sheffield Wednesday. Although we'd beaten we'd beaten you guys back up at our place, but we'd lost heavily to Rotherham, and then lost heavily to Bolton six 0 So it was. It was a weird season under Lee Johnson, wasn't it, Joe? It was so inconsistent. You actually sort of seen it at Hibs already as well. Um, but yeah, the streaks sort of came back to bite us, didn't they? Very up with Lee Johnson. And I think yeah. that's the thing with Alex Neal. These teams are very difficult to beat. As you say, yeah. Yeah. He, ju- he just seems dead savvy. From the outside looking in, it just seems like he really, the, the decisions that he makes, like sort of before games and during games, just seem to pay off so often. And you know that there's only so many times, and that can be considered a fluke. You know, if you've made a career out of it, maybe you're quite good at your job. Yeah, I I, I like Lee Johnson like uh, as a person from from the very limited time I sort of like spent sat in front of him at press conferences. But I felt like Joe that he sort of talked himself into into knots at times. He sort of he, he talked himself into issues, whereas Alex Neil sort of <laughs> he crushes issues at the questions at times. The question gets asked, and he just sort of he just bats it off. Which is something very, Lee Johnson didn't really point. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Well, uh, best, best to look for Wednesday. Well, we'll see. We'll see what sides come out. We could see a lot of changes, um, and we'll see what the team sheets look like. But uh, just quick before we go, um, we always kind of grab quick score predictions. I know that's going to be hard. With uh, we're not we're not quite sure what teams are going to play. But um, Alex, we'll start with you. Nil nil. Penalties. <laughs> 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 Yeah, nil-nil and uh, Sunderland on penalties and we can forget about the Carabao Cup for another year. Good luck, lads, up best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go one, 1-0 one Wednesday because I think that the there's a few Wednesday players in there that might have a bit of a point to try and get into this side. Yeah. So we'll see what the, the, like I say, difficult to do predictions when we have absolutely no idea who's going to play this match. But uh, yeah, tentatively a 1-0 for Wednesday. I'm going to go defensive chaos on both ends, 2-2, Sunderland win on penalties. I'll go 2-1 Sunderland and Alex Neil keeps up an unbeaten run. Um, well, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, all the best for for the rest of the season. Um, and we'll have uh, more coverage over on the Sunderland Echo website, building up to uh, Wednesday's game at Sheffield Wednesday. Alex Neil has been speaking to the media on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, so you can find more uh, over on our website. Uh, Once again, you've been listening to the Raw podcast and thanks a lot for listening.